Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Live. Let us go live. Live, live, live. We are going live, live. And we are live, blah, 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 blah. We is live, 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 live. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing that, but, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, 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 I'm happy to be alive, so, yay. (laughs) Hooray for life. Hooray for life. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today is the fantastic Jojo. Jojo, I don't know if we should talk about it, you know, hip or whatever, because, you know, we, we are essentially healthcare workers, but shall we though? <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jojo has had some tough days because her second I... dose of the vaccine did a number on her. Jojo, do it you want to kn- tell us? <laughs> it knocked me on my ass, which from what I understand is a good thing. And I have to say, I'm I'm feeling great today. But I had I had a little bit of a longer reaction than most people have. I uh, I had two very bad days, and I had one extremely bad day. So together, two bad days, and uh, I missed our one of our our one of our lives. And for that, I am forever ashamed. But I'm here now, and I'm alive, and I'm happy, and I have joy to vive. So there you go. No, Jojo, you're good. You're good. Like seriously, I ain't even. I ain't, no, nobody's mad at you. And the fir- that first live that we did was exclusively on Twitch and on YouTube. And uh, here's the crazy thing: for the first ten minutes or so, I was live, and nobody could hear me. Oh, no. <laughs> and so a couple of uh, watchers, a couple of people watching on Twitch actually started messaging like, hey, man, we can't hear you. <laughs> you know? Well, that was, that was nice of them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, users and, and viewers. That was kind. Like, we can't hear you and stuff. And I started to figure it out, and, and it took me a while. And when I finally got started, right, at about minute 38, everything stopped. And I didn't even realize that. So at the end of the day, that which was sort of like a test for me, would have been a test for us, at least with Twitch. But I never figured out why everything got disconnected and basically the live stream stopped. But, you know, I wasn't monitoring. Today I'm monitoring, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm sorry that happened, but but uh, we're monitoring now, so hopefully it, it won't happen again. And uh, yeah, when when you told me that you uh, had a certain number of viewers and a certain number of subscribers, I was like, well, damn, he does way better with with without me than he does with me. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> maybe not... I, maybe I just hold up a little cardboard cutout and so nobody sees my face. Or don't something. don't get oh, used no. to doing no. Then I get used to that. <laughs> Because, like, <laughs> you know, was at the, there were some things that I was saying I needed somebody to back me up, and I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing, nothing, yeah. So that's the kind of day I was having. Um, so it was rough. It was rough, but, like, it was a good experience. And it come to find out that actually the, the, the one subscriber that we, we gained was actually my son. So Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you, Graham's son, whose name I will not say because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to or not. But thank you, Graham's son. You're a lovely person. I, I love you, you say, very much. As long as you say Marcus, he, he's cool, you know. Okay, Marcus. To, thank to, you, to Marcus. the outside world, he's Marcus. Thank Which you, Marcus. is actually his first name, so I guess that's a thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, <laughs> that's his first name for me. But, you know. <laughs> 
All right. So today, Jojo, we are、uh, going to talk about this little movie called The White Tiger. Yes. And we always like talking about, you know, movies that were taken out of or turned into movies from a book. I have to say, this is one book that I didn't know of, but I love the story of Ramin Barani and his friend. Who decided they made an NYU school of cinema, if that's a thing, yeah, you know, school of fi、so. filmmaking or whatever.、So. Yeah, and they're like, yo, we should do something together, and that that was their dream or whatever, right? But then they went their separate ways. One went to work on TV, the other one went to work. One went to Hollywood, and the other one went elsewhere. But they were both actively working until. They came upon this book and decided we're gonna do this. And this this is a very good movie, you know. It it really is. I、uh, I love the story that I, I was not aware of that you told me about how they kind of went their separate ways and then eventually came back together to make this movie. I think that's. I love that, you know, when people either keep in touch or they meet again, and it's like the old fire, you know. Is ignited, and they're like, "Yes, let's make this project happen." We're in a place now in our lives that we can, and I think that's awesome. So i、uh, I have to say that I don't feel the trailer did this movie any justice. You're、personally. absolutely right. So if you know our viewers out there have seen the trailer and been like,、eh, just just forget you watched the trailer. In my <laughs> in my opinion, just forget it doesn't it, it doesn't exist. The trailer doesn't exist. Just in my opinion, because from what I watched in the trailer, it has very little to do with the actual movie that I watched. That that, that happens a lot, but pre precisely with this movie, that was the case. They really didn't. It really didn't find a way to put this movie into context for you. But at the、no. same time,、uh, the, the the topic of this movie is something that. If you put it in a trailer, maybe it would be hard to sell to the American public, because not a lot of people understand the caste system in India, the 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 system of of servitude and and all of that. To an extent that you know, just a couple of minutes of a trailer would make it make sense for you. So I, I don't know if I'm if I'm just making an assumption here. But I think that might well be the case. Yeah, I think though, in the hands of of a better editor, in the hands of someone who is a little more familiar with with the subject, <laughs> uh, perhaps someone who was Indian and living in America and had lived in America, and knew, I think I just feel that a better job could have been done to it because I do feel that the trailer was a complete disservice. Because in watching the trailer, I had absolutely no interest in this movie. Go, I'm like, that looks、here? stupid. Like genuinely, this looks this looks dumb. Like this does not look like anything I would enjoy at all. But the movie itself is. I mean, it breaks your heart. It takes you on a、yes. on a whole roller coaster. It、yes. grabs you from the moment you start watching it.、Um, I'm mad at the trailer because <laughs> there are people that are skipping this movie that 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 should watch this movie because you're going to learn a lot that you don't know. But you're it, it's not going to feel like a lesson when you learn it. It's going to feel like holy shit, this is happening in the world right、yes. now. And and this is normal、shit. life. In, in, this in, is normal in, life. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think now we put it on your shoulder to make it make sense to us before we go ahead and discuss it, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're mad at the trailer. Let let us not get mad at you. No pressure. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Wow. That's. <laughs> Um, so the movie is about a a young man who is I'll go with the poorest of the poor that you can think of, and he is he has dreams of a bigger, better life, which entails something different than the American dream. His dream is to become well. He wants to be educated. He wants lots of things that don't end up happening for him, but his what he sees as a way out of his complete and absolute poverty is to become 
what is essentially a slave to a rich family in in Delhi, in India. And he achieves that dream through hard work. He also achieves it through some very bad deeds that he does. He is a very complex and very interesting character. And we get to see his journey of all of that happening. And then there is an event that happens that changes everything. And it's it's the kind of thing that is so possible in the sense of life just happening and you think everything's going fine and then bam, it's not. And this leads to a cascade of events that eventually ends with him having through great cost, sort of more of of what he's ever wanted or more than he had ever originally dreamed that he could possibly have. And I think the story of this is so beautifully told and 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 it just really it wraps you in and takes you in and and helps you understand the the plight of of the of the case, the caste system and the the conflicts between different ways of life and different different thoughts of life. Um, I, I loved this movie. I I really loved this movie. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to reading the book The White Tiger now more than ever because again I didn't know much about the book. It was a New York Times bestseller, but you know I it, it escaped me for some reason, and also. With this movie, I'm pretty sure that the movie obviously tried and to compress all of the content of the book into a, a what a two hour, a two hour five, two hour two two hour five minute movie. Yes, which is an absolutely fantastic movie, but I'm pretty sure that the book goes a bit a bit beyond that beyond that, and and gives you a rather a greater explanation of of. Of things, put things perhaps more into context than the movie can ever do. But your your summary of it, Jojo, is absolutely on point. It, it is. It is for me. It is one an indictment of the caste system to begin with, which, uh, crazy as it sounds, the majority of of Indians who make it, for instance, to out of India and to in, in migrate to the United States, in England and some other parts of Europe, are folks that actually make it, you know, make it out of of the oppression of the caste system. Yes, and that's you know that explains the drive to get to the highest echelon possible as a professional, as a person, and the whole thing. But the, yes. the thing about it is, is that because this is a system, the one system that has been ingrained in your mind, it is hard to break away from it, even even as an immigrant, right? Uh, I, I remember about two months ago, I heard a report on a radio show about a guy in Silicon Valley who actually is suing the company he works for because because he has been his life has been made horrible by indians of higher caste within his department oh my goodness <laughs> within the department that he works you know he says i arrived there and everybody received me with open arms until they figured out my caste the oh, moment they goodness. figured out my caste then they started to bully me. They started to treat me like trash, right? And, yeah. and, and so the whole the whole caste thing even bleeds into the immigrant Indian immigrant community in the United States. So so there's that. For me, this movie is an indictment on that system. Uh, yes. An indictment yes. of this system. But at the same time. It tells you a story of the complexity of servitude, the complexities of that relationship between 
between master and slave, slave and master. And there are two analogies there that Balram makes that for me are perfect. The one is when he says, do we loathe our masters under the guise of love? Or do we love our masters under the guise of loath? That's that's the number one analogy here. That's the number one rhetorical question for me that, that is posed and it makes you take a step back and want to actually figure this one out. And also yeah. the analogy of the chicken coop, uh, the, 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 the rooster coop. The rooster coop, yes. You know. Yes. So so what what, what did you... What, what did you take on that, Jojo? The rooster coop analogy really, really, really hit home for me. I <laughs> I grew up around chickens, <laughs> but so I so in the literal sense of chickens, he's he's completely right. They know what's going to happen, yeah. um, and and they don't do anything about it. it because they don't think they can. I mean, yeah. and you can say that's just because they're chickens and, you know, they have brains that are about this big. But that's 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 not the point of what it is. The point is, if this is ingrained in you, if you are told over and over again that you are absolutely not worthy, that you will never be worthy, that there's nothing you can do to change the way your life is, the way you are, that you are dirty, that you are implicitly and deeply inside your genes, a bad person because right. of where, where you were born or how you were born, you're, you're never going to rebel against that because what in the world is the point? You, you, you're, you were born bad. And so that's all you know. That's, that's all, all you, you know, know. right. right. You, and, and, you, and, to, and the idea of that being wrong is, is so difficult for anybody to embrace because everybody around you believes believes that as well and will happily demonstrate it to you if they believe they're higher than you are. Exactly. Um, and and your family members who also believe it too are going to ingrain it into you that we don't do that because we aren't good enough to do that. You're not good enough to do that. None of us are good enough to do that, you know? And I, I really... I just was... I was very... That one kind of hit me like a... I don't know, like a train or something. The the thought of that because it the the caste system is so horrible, and you, it's it's you see it in India. Of course, it actually has a name, right? <laughs> but you also see it in other countries where it, you know, if it's you know if you're if you're born in this neighborhood, oh, you're a piece of junk and you're never going to be anything but what you are. Or, you know, if you have this accent, then you're, you're obviously stupid. Or, you know, if you're, I, I, you know, if you, if you dress a certain way or if you weigh a certain amount, you know, there's, there's always prejudices and things like that. And again, I'm not necessarily comparing that to the caste system in the horrible way it is in India and the very, very... Div, you know, divisive way it right. is in India, but just in the sense of, to a lesser degree, we can see that everywhere. And I think that India is a very extreme example of that. And that, that just, it hurts my heart. No, Jojo, but like, here's the crazy thing. The comparison you're making actually makes perfect sense, and it's not an exaggeration. Do, uh, you will remember when we did our episode on the all the movies that one could watch to learn about the black experience and black lives matter and, and all of that. I mentioned a book from an author called Isabel Wilkerson called cast. Yes. And Isabel Wilkerson proposes in this book that the one way to learn to understand the root of racism is that when we talk about white supremacy and when we talk about racism, people will always take it as an insult because in their minds, a racist person is a bad person. And yes. people tend to think of themselves as good people. So if I'm a good person, I cannot possibly be racist. Right. right? And, and so the term racist in and of itself has become... It has become a bad thing. And it is, of course, it is a bad thing. Yes. But 
when explained within the context of caste, people people will understand where we where we're going with that explanation. Because at the end of the day, it is a question of class. It is a bunch of people who think of themselves better of as better than the other race of people because they are craving to be in a class of their own. <laughs> yes. You know. So that yes. one the class separation is by color of skin, right? But it is it is a caste system and it is yes. unacceptable. It is horrible. And, yes. and so so the comparison as you uh, as I was saying that you've made is not necessarily an exaggeration. You are you are right to view it and to see it that way because in that same sense, in every country where there, there was colonialism, that includes India, that includes all the countries in Latin America, in the Caribbean, in every country where you had colonial, colonialism, you may not have flat-out racism because, to a certain extent, you don't have, you don't have those countries are not majority white people, but you have colorism which is the the little brother of racism, right? Yes. So you have people who will look at you and respect you or not respect you based on the lightness or the gravity of your darkness, right? And it is ingrained in people even within their own family. You will see that there are families in Latin America and the Caribbean where they will treat one side of the family one way and the other side of the family one way. And you can see that even in the abuelas and the grandmas. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like the, the little grandkids, <laughs> if they are light enough, they are well-beloved and get everything they want. And the ones that are a bit darker, they are loved too. But you can see that there is a bit of a difference. So, so, so all of these things are real. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But but this book exposes it, exposes it in a way that is absolutely riveting. And and I think the screenplaying of this movie has done absolute justice to it. Yes, yes, I, I agree. I agree that it, it shows it from, as you were saying, a a, a racial view and then the, the socioeconomic view as well that you know someone who is viewed as a low low caste is is never going to be able to reach the upper echelons of the social the the economic they're never going to be rich probably right and and this we see this in in this country with color or with education or with where you come from and it's it's just it, 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 I think it just applies so much in in everything that 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 we do and that we that we see that that prejudices are so deeply ingrained in us as human beings and I think that this really helps this movie really helps educate us about how we feel about other people without even realizing it and I, th I think it the movie does it in such a non preachy way yes that that you don't even realize it maybe until after the movie's over that you're it like just well, put the facts shit. there it just puts the facts yeah there, right yeah yeah exactly it's it's not a preachy movie in the slightest it really isn't it's just this is this is my story this is what happened to me and how I got to where I am and the the good things and the bad things and this is the way life is here and it was just it's it's a phenomenal movie. And you know, I listened to an interview on NPR with Adarsh Gurav, the actor who plays Balram, and Ramin Barani also was in, on the interview and they were talking about how they went about casting this movie and and Rahmin was talking, was saying that a lot of very famous Bollywood actors and some 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 people in Hollywood came to him and wanted to wanted a piece of that pie. And he's like, "No, I'm looking for somebody who is closer to the experiences of this character." And Adarsh Gurav was, first of all, he slated 
on his on his uh, the, the the casting call. What what do you call that? The audition. Audition. Yeah. Right. And they filmed the movie at the height of the pandemic in India. Okay. Right. Okay. And so there was a lot of uh, a lot of it was a dangerous situation to tell you the truth. And he said that Adarsh Gurav was so good at playing this character, he meshed to the markets where he went, that no one even suspected that he was an actor filming a movie. And there is an, uh, there's a, an anecdote where there was a big truck that was in the market, you know, porters, just loading stuff onto the truck, and Adarsh Gaurav went and joined them <laughs> in character. And uh, some men started shouting orders at him. Yo, 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 do this, put that there. And, right. and no one suspected that he was an actor doing this. And, and that's how easy it is to get lost in a society. No matter who you are, that is how easy it is to get lost in a society where, where, where you only something based on where you're from, what you look like, and what kind of caste or place in society you come from. Yeah, yeah, that that had to be. Um, I, I I wonder how that felt for him. As you know, I wonder if that was, oh, I'm doing a really great job as an actor, or if it was totally depressing, or kind of a mixture of the two feelings. You know, like. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm acting really well. This is a good job, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's probably the first one. Uh, but I am looking forward to reading the book about this movie. I have not read it. I'm not sure if I was aware of it or not. If anybody out there has read the book, I would be curious to hear what you think of the the differences. If you think the book did a good job or a bad job, or or I'm sorry, the movie. <laughs> So, Jojo, the, the other thing I wanted to, to touch on before we move on to the cast, this is not going to be a very long one, but um, I remember reading this book. I, I've got a book here. For when I first moved to the U.S., I bought this book. I went to Barnes & Nobles, and I was looking for some, you know, uh, black experience books. You know, at the time, I was, like, so big on Maya Angelou because I... I actually discovered Maya Angelou before moving to the U.S., but I wanted to have as many book of her, books of her as possible. And so within doing that research, I found some more books from different authors. Um, and I bought this book called I Was Born a Slave, and this book is a compilation of books and stories written by former slaves. And these people, there was... One thing they all had in common is that somehow, while being slave, they managed to get an education, <laughs> they managed to get literate, and they understood the value of education, that even if it cost them their lives, they would try and, and learn to read and write, which came in handy because then, after emancipation, they became the journalists and the ones to start newspapers and things like that, and went on to, to do great things. But one of the authors, and I can't remember who, he was very against an argument that some pro-slavery people used to make before before emancipation. And it, it was it was and these people were very well intentioned in the sense that, like, well, I'm not pro-slave, uh, I'm not necessarily pro-slavery. But I don't have a problem against slavery as long as the masters practice mild slavery. And what they meant by that was give your slaves a good place to live, feed them right, don't beat them up, and let them practice a Christian religion, right? Educate them to be good Christians. Okay. And the author was making an argument, like, listen to me. There is no mild. <laughs> Slavery yeah. is bad. Simple as that. Yeah. It's bad. And yeah. in one of the things we see in this movie is that there is this touch of, like, this person treats me a bit more humanely, therefore I should be grateful. And he or she cannot be compared to 
the other masters because, of course, they're good to me. The problem is that anybody who tells you, I don't like the way you've been treated, I'm going to treat you better, expects you to still know your place. Yes. Yes. In the yes. moment that they Very have you so. to put in, they have to put you in your place. They will do so. Yes. And we see Very that in this so. movie, right? Yes. Ashok was supposed yes. to be the civilized one. Well, he had kind of a more, I guess, cosmopolitan view, if you will. Like he he had left and had seen how things went in other countries, which it didn't really seem to be that case for his father and his other brothers. And he married a woman who was Indian, but had not been raised in India. So, I mean, yes, you could certainly argue that he was a, 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 a better slave master, if you will. But he, he was still a slave master. He was still an owner of someone. And so that's the kind of thing where you get into the slippery territory of, well, I'm a, I'm a good slave master, and, and then you get into the slippery territory of, well, that person's only a little bit racist. <laughs> and I mean, I think human beings, the way we are, and as imperfect and we are as we are, and the different things that we are raised, either in what we learn from our families or in what we see in our environment or what we're taught in our environment, all of us are a little bit racist. I, I would argue that. But that doesn't mean it's right, and that doesn't mean it's good, and that doesn't mean that we should try should not be trying to change ourselves and make ourselves better all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and you can see that in the in the way that they immediately knew what to do when trouble arrived. Yes. Is that I'm not going to get in trouble if yes. I can buy you to, <laughs> you know, during the Revolutionary War, there were slave masters who didn't want their children to go to war. And they offered up their own slave to go fight that war. Right. Yeah, they did. Yeah, actually, yeah, it is a civil war. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying it's revolutionary war. <laughs> you know, so that's 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 basically the same thing here. Is that what I did was bad, and I feel terrible about that, but I don't think I should go to jail for that. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> since I got you, and I own you. You're gonna take you. You're gonna be a good boy and do it, right? I mean, yeah. It was that man, and this is the crucial moment of this movie to me, and and it shows you, like, no matter how well you are treated, the one person who has the power over you, who thinks of themselves as superior to you, even when they're not going around telling you that. There will come a moment where they will have, they will tell you, they will show you that you have a place, that you need to stay in your place. And I try to explain that to people all the time, is that, let me ask you a question. You think of yourself as a non-racist person. That's perfectly fine. But aren't there instances, don't you find instances in which you find yourself more overly insulted than not, depending on the person's race who disrespected you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way that's the mm-hmm. way it is. That's the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yep. so that's that's the point here is that if you cannot control yourself and understand maybe I'm overreacting here. Maybe this is my responsibility and there's no reason why I should think that it's fine to use this person as a sacrificial lamb so that I don't get in trouble. Then right. You, right. Were, you were never good. You right. Know, you, you were just right. a, a, a poser. <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it, it can be something, you know, with much less dire consequences than was shown in the movie. You know, it can be something as simple as, well, I can I can push this this thing that I didn't do right off on this other person here and, and it'll be fine because, you know, they're 
they're black or they're brown or they're yellow or whatever and it, it'll it'll be it'll be all right it'll be fine because i can do that that way yeah. you know i can be like oh that that wasn't me that was her and you'll probably be believed and i mean maybe your conscience is okay with that but that doesn't mean that it is okay um we have to work on retraining our consciences and 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 thinking about things and you know if you've done something like that in the past, then you, you you may not be able to make retribution for it for what you did in the past, but you can certainly change every action that you have in the future. And, um, you know, if it is possible for you to make retribution, then go right ahead. I think you're right, Jojo. That's, that's, that's all that, like, it, we always have an opportunity in life to go back and do the right thing, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that all is forgotten no. and forgiven. No, no, no. But 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 righting our wrongs is shouldn't be, you know, before I die I'm going to donate everything I own to to build another university wing or a library that will port my name. That's bullshit. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. No. Yeah, so let's let's go on and talk a bit about the cast. Yeah. It's amazing that for, for the second time in a row, I find myself talking about Priyanka. <laughs> 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 I know last week I said that, you know, there were times that she was mad annoying to me and shit. And like, I hope, you know, I hope you all understand that I didn't mean that in a, in a mean way. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't being mean toward Priyanka or whatever. It's just like, you know, it's it's the whole Nick Jonas thing, I guess that that, that like so love it. Well, I can yeah. say that that Tom Cruise. I am not a fan of Tom Cruise. I don't. He drives me up the wall, and I don't like him. But I wish him no 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 uh, no badness or anything in his life. You know, I hope he leads a wonderful and happy life. And uh, but you're you're allowed to be irritated at people. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean. I, I can watch her movies and stuff, and I can watch, I mean, I had to sit and watch that, you know, FBI show that she was on and whatever. My wife loves him, loves her and shit. But, you know, I, I, I have to say, I, I think I've found myself becoming a bit more of a fan <laughs> uh, on, this, on, this, on this one, you know. Um, she, I like she, Pinky. Yeah, yeah. Pinky was, Pinky was good. I, I liked Pinky a lot. I like Pinky because in I know that the instinct here is to give the character of Pinky credit because of her that the, her kindness towards Balram is because she's American educated or whatever I I think yes half of the credit could be given in that respect but I think she was generally a, a kinder person than all of them, including including the husband. That's pure and simple. Yeah, I, I agree that she was kinder. I also think that based on the story that she told, it sounded as though her parents came to America because they were lower caste. Exactly. And exactly. so she had, even though, and she was 12 when she moved to the United right. States. So she, right. was, so she was conscious of, of she, all these things. Yeah. She knew what was going on. She would have those memories and she knew how hard her parents worked. So I think that she had a, a great perspective on what his life was like. You know, not 100% because she did get to, to enjoy some of some better things. But I think that that too was what spurred some of her, her anger and her protectiveness of him because she was like, no, no, I know what it's, I know what this shit is like. And you're not yeah. doing this. You're not doing this. No, that could be me. That could be me. If my parents had, had taken a different route, that could be me. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the the way she was like, the, when she tells the story, she knew, she knew that not only that could be her, but again, there are hundreds of millions of people. Yes. India, India has what? 1.5 billion people. Yes, a lot. <laughs> it's a it's lot an incredibly, incredibly large country. And, and I don't think 
I don't think there is a fifty. There is not a fifty fifty percent of the two of the two casts. It's just the minority is the higher cast, and the majority is of the lower cast. I so there I, are a lot of those people that are destined to servitude in 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 that horrible life, isn't it? Yes, and in in the movie, he makes use of the statistics of nine hundred and ninety nine, and then. The, the other zero one percent and I, I actually absolutely believe that because of just I just I have no problem with that statistic because- right because because look caste is about who has power and who's not yes who doesn't right and yes. so of course the power always belongs to a minority yes so you cannot by any means believe that when there is a caste system, the ones who own the most, the ones who have the most, the the ones who who are the most powerful are in the majority. That's not the way that shit works ever. You yeah. Know? So yeah. so you you're right. I mean, it's easy to believe that when she left India at twelve and moved to America, you know, she had she had an idea of okay, this is escaping from something that is far greater of a of a of a of a horrible system than I imagine. Because now, now she can compare the two. She would have been able to compare the two things. Yes. I also like the fact that she stood up to these people and she understood very early on, like, I may love this dude, but this is his thing. Yeah. And I'm out. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. When she, when there was the, the a scene that happened and she was standing there and she was like, in all of this, yeah. I'm done. I was like, yep. There you go, girl. <laughs> yep. Get it. Get your suitcase. Go. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I like the fact that she produced this movie too. Yes, that uh, was very cool. Very, very cool. So the whole, you know, Rahmin Barani saying that, yo, I didn't want big Hollywood in this. Well, you know, when she's your buzzer, you're going to have to let her do her thing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I didn't want big Hollywood to be in this movie, but, I mean, you're big Hollywood and you are paying for this, so, yeah, you can <laughs> you can be in it. <laughs> well, she, I think she turned in a great performance. And, yes, she uh, did. I, I don't, I, I think she, uh, I, think, I think it was a, a good choice to have her involved. Yes. Here's a, a guy who I think has a future in this thing. <laughs> and is Adarj Gurav. This is obviously not his first rodeo, right? <laughs> he, he's been on some things, but man, this is a good little actor right there. Yes. You know? Yes. He, like, there are so many things of him that reminds me of Dev Patel, and I don't know why, but this kid has been on, on a couple of big things. He was on a Netflix one called My Name is Khan. I missed that one. Yeah. He's been around. He's only 26 years old, but we can see stuff he's done as early as 2010. So we have My Name is Khan, Madly, Leila, Rukh, and Hostel hostel Days. Yeah, I, I've i missed all of those somehow. I don't know how. And he has been nominated for Independent Spiritual Award for Best Male Lead. And I don't know if that's for this recent movie or what. Um, <laughs> this Rajkumar Rao, the guy that plays Ashok, he looks familiar to me, but I have no idea who he is. He looks familiar to me as well. And I was trying to figure out if he had been in... Um, I was trying to figure out what he'd been in that I've seen, and I never was able to figure it out. So I, I, I don't know what he was in that I saw. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have the same issue with him. Like, like 
Like, I was, Wait a minute. I know this dude. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe he was in the lunchbox is what I was thinking, but he wasn't. So I I don't know who, who I thought he looks like. But, but it, it seems like he's more of a Bollywood dude, actually, than than he, you know, than international films. He sort of had that persona, if that seems, if that's right to say. Like, he he seemed like more, I don't know, like more cosmopolitan, more fly, a little more flash than the rest rest of the cast, which I think he was supposed to be that way, you know, but it just, it, he, he also sort of just exuded that it felt naturally, but maybe he's just a fabulous actor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 I ain't gonna lie. He, he was, he was right. But th- there's somebody who is listed there that I can't for the life of me remember who she played. Perry Capernaros. Uh, what, who was she? Um, what was the name of her character? Oh, you don't know. It doesn't say the character. This is Perry Capernaros. And she's like one of the top four. <laughs> but I don't know yeah, it just says who the hell she played. It's just as uncredited. I don't know. I don't I don't rec- remember seeing her, what? so I don't know. Okay. Uh <laughs> this guy, Nalnish Neil. His character is named Vitiligo. <laughs> the and he, he he was a fast talker, and yes. somehow for me I found him scary. I found him very scary too. Yeah, like every time he interacted with Balram, I'm like he's gonna do something to his, to this kid. I know every time I, I it, there was a lot of tension there, and I yes. was like, oh God, something something bad's gonna go down. Like, I don't know what the something bad's going to be, but it's going to be something bad. But I like when in the narration, uh, Balram said, I tilted myself back away from <laughs> his face as far as I could. <laughs> I liked that too. So it was so descri- descriptive because yes. I, I've done that pe- with people myself. I'm like, uh... why are you coming closer, man? <laughs> I need air. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, this dude has done a couple of things, but he's he's mainly Bollywood, too. Uh, Ill Smoking Barrels, Bull, Bulaya, and apparently he he's slated to be in another movie called Boar, Boar, now in 2021. All right, so who else caught your attention here on this one? Um, the the brother, right? The mongoose. The mongoose. The mongoose and the father both caught my attention. The father a little more so than the mongoose because the actor, the actors were both fabulous, but the character of the father I thought was a little more interesting than the character of the the son, the mongoose, because I felt like the mongoose was the sort of like. The typical son. The muscle. The muscle, not so much with the brains, who always has something to prove to daddy and is never dad's favorite. And, you know, it's the other one's always. Yes, exactly. His his character felt a little typical to me. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Movies are filled with those. But I thought the father was interesting because I couldn't figure out his story, really. Yeah, the whole idea of the stork. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I know he he, but but the the actor the actor had this character like you know pretty down pack like he he knew he knew his thing his comportment his his behavior the, the he looked at everyone else with a certain amount of contempt yes that yes. made him made him absolutely perfect like yes okay this guy definitely thinks of himself as something else and yes and no everybody is beneath him you know? yes including including his children including and, and, his children including yeah. his children i i felt yeah. that he felt it seemed to me that he felt that he was the greatest person on earth yeah his name is mahesh manjrika and the mongoose was played by vijay moria 
and uh, my dude has been doing some some stuff. In 2014, he was on Black Friday. 2016, he was he was on photo photocopy. And all of this, like I mean, they really, really cast some some local actors in this one, and and that makes it better, definitely. If I if I saw a bunch of like American-born actors of of Indian descent. <laughs> Uh, trying to portray this life, how would you like? Yeah, uh, not you, right there. What did you think of Granny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was one tough lady. Granny was tough, and she was a freaking hustler. But her hustle was like pimping her family and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. She, she was, uh, she was all <laughs> in the story where he, he's like. Um, she she married off his brother, yeah, and gave him two weeks, and then he stuck forever. I was like, oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got two weeks, dude. Come back, and then you're gonna, and then he she worked the son to death, like like uh, Baron's father died of tuberculosis, and she in yeah, and still he was working, <laughs> you know, still he was working, and the I I found the line. To be so sad and so true, which was the politics, politics did not bring a doctor to my village. So we had to travel two days to another village to a hospital and a doctor still never came. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, it, it was very, because it wasn't. The wording of that politics or or politicians did not bring a hospital to my village, and I was like, "Oh man, that's 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 powerful right there because yeah. it it's so true and something that we really probably don't think about very much in terms of how people get health care in in these kinds of countries or really any country, but it, the idea of of it, you know. Yeah, that 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 village isn't important enough to get a doctor. Right, right. I I also like the fact that they show you the exchange of money, the the idea of paying people off, politicians off, just so, you know, it's best that I pay off somebody instead of paying taxes, which is why you don't see any progress. Yes. And and if you if you bring this in context into the in the United States, is while you may not have a flat out exchange of money that quid pro quo in the sense of like I'll make you rich as a politician, but in America is about I'll keep you in power. Yeah. So while I cannot give you directly money because the money can be traced, you get in trouble, I get in trouble, but I'll buy you as many elections as you want to win. And if yeah. your idea is to be a senator or a or a, a representative or a whatever it is that you want to be, because you like to have the power and the glory and the adulation, then we'll we'll pay for your election, you know. Yes. So so the corruption it, it's 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 funny how naive we can be in America about our politics. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wow, that doesn't happen in America. You know what I mean? It, it, it's 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 just a, a little more sneaky here, uh, but it's exactly the same. I mean, when it comes down it to is. it, it is exactly the same. It's just a little more clandestine, a little sneakier, um, a little a little less honest, actually. If you want to yeah, put it, it that way. It, it's less it's less transparent isn't yeah, it yeah <laughs> i um and and you know we have the if you want to call it the 1% here that are trying to do their best to have the systems that india and other countries have wherein yeah. we we can just have this mill of people working for us who will consistently make us money and make us rich and we are going to do everything we can to keep these people from ever being anything 
but a cog in our wheel. Jocelyn, if you want to actually see the direct correlation of indentureship, of servitude, the way that it exists in India versus in America, all you have to go is into a restaurant. Go go into the service industry and you will understand that the Restaurant Owners Association, which is not, it's, it's just a lobby under the guise of Restaurant Owners Association, created legislation that forever and ever, right, a waiter or a waitress cannot make any more than $2 and some changes. And the bulk of their earning has to be through tips. And by the way, tipping became a thing in the United States. If you want to know what I'm talking about, tipping became a thing in the United States right after emancipation. Right after emancipation. As a matter of fact, I have this recommendation for our listeners. There is a podcast, and I've talked about this podcast before. There's an NPR podcast called Throughline. Right? It is conducted by Rond Abdel Fattah and Ramteen Arab Louis. This is two of the most skilled young journalists I've ever known in my life. And this week, especially this week, they have an episode about tipping in America. If you want to hear the history of tipping and how uh, how it is rooted in white supremacy, in racism, in slavery, listen to that podcast episode. Go and find yourself this podcast. It's cool. It's, it's weird that as a podcaster, I'm recommend, <laughs> recommending other podcasts. <laughs> it's weird. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. We're a community. Exactly. But listen to this podcast. It's called Through Line on NPR. So find it and listen to it. And there's another podcast when we were talking about the, the, the money exchange, how it works in the United States versus how it works elsewhere between politicians and like the bribing and stuff. Yes. If it weren't because of the FBI and because of some in very intrepid prosecutors in the United States during the 1960s, the exchange of money between powerful rich people and politicians would have been as clear as you saw it in this movie here in the United States too, because there was a vice president called Spiro Agnew (laughs) who actually resigned in disgrace because of something like that. And I have a podcast for you about this. And it was done by Rachel Maddow. The podcast is called Bagman. And it is, it, I mean, I think she should win some kind of like high award for this one. Because she went in and she gives you all. And if somebody knows how to put things into perspective for you without any agenda, is Rachel Maddow. So listen to Bagman if you want to learn more about how money in politics became something a bit more refined than the way that it is just brutally exchanged between hands. And if you want to learn more about tipping in America, then also check out Throughline from NPR. Jojo. What do you give this movie in terms of uh, stars? Are we doing four or five? I can never remember. Let's do five, and you tell me what you got. I think four and three quarters. Four and three quarters. That's high marks from you there. I ain't even lie. Um, also, this movie is Academy Award nominated. I don't remember. What, what, what is it uh, nominated for? Oh, dear. I should have had that looked up and in my memory or something, but I didn't. I, I don't remember either, but it, it it has a nomination, and I think whatever it is is very well deserved. Um, so, so we highly recommend this movie, don't we? Yeah, we definitely recommend it. Absolutely, and uh, it is nominated for best screenplay. 
best screenplay. Yeah. It, it, it deserves it. Yeah. And we know that because it's nominated right next to the trial of the Chicago 7 and this and that, it's just going to stay as a nomination. It would be a really big surprise if it ends up winning. But but I think it deserved to be nominated. Certainly. Um, Certainly. I think it deserved more nominations. Um honestly, I uh I think the the lead actor did a wonderful job. Yeah. Um yeah. I uh you know, and even uh, like uh set design and 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 that sort of thing because it really brought you the feel of of the time because it was 2003 i believe in india when it when it took place and then yeah. when when he's telling the story is years later so uh you know cuz she had a flip phone and that kind of thing so i uh i, I think even there there would have been a chance yeah i mean you know that it, it's been some years when you know the, the car of the time was a mitsubishi pajero <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was a fleet, the fleet uh, of cars for Haitian functionaries at the time during the the Haiti dictatorship of Jean Claude Duvalier. That's interesting. So, why why was was the would that be a choice? Like why yeah, would that be the primo that, car? That was a luxury car at oh, the time. Okay. Yeah. I mean the Mitsubishi Pajero. Even though in, it was in 2003 in India, but this Mitsubishi Pajero has been around, I think, since 1980, mid-1980s. Okay. And, uh, yeah, man, if you had a Pajero in Haiti, you were a big man. You know? <laughs> people, mm. like, people never referred to their cars. Well, people who had Pajeros never referred to their cars, like... Go bring the Pajero around. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm ranting about Pajero, but whatever. I'm, I'm going to start telling myself that. Go bring the Toyota around. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? That's what. That's the way my wife speaks now. <laughs> my wife be like, uh, I don't know. Today is a Jaguar day for me. I'm like. Jesus Christ, you bougie, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's raining out, so it's gonna be um, a Buick day for me. I'm like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's that. I always have to throw something, some some daggers at my wife. You can get away with it because she doesn't watch or listen. She doesn't she, she, she won't even know what we talked about last week about her. And she, <laughs> I tried, tried to tell. She, have I you told tried, her. Have you tried yeah. telling her the different name every time? No, she hasn't asked. <laughs> but I tried telling her that we're like I was making fun of her during the podcast, and all I got was you and ass. I'm like, all right, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Oh, dear. Right. So we're going to call it a day today. Uh, uh, but before that, we've got a couple of uh, uh, things to tell you. Is that you can follow us on social media, right? And we are on all the major social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us. You can find this episode also uh, in its entirety on edited <laughs> on youtube and also on twitch right yeah and uh, as usual this podcast comes out on tuesday on apple podcast and wherever you get your podcast if you listen to this podcast the audio version and you want to go ahead and you know give us a recommendation tell people why you listen to the po to this podcast so that we can become a bit more um, foundable or findable. Is that even a thing? Look upable. Look upable. Look upable. I love look upable. It actually sounds Greek. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does, doesn't it? Look upable. <laughs> yes, look upable. So there's that. 
You can look up a bowl Jojo on Instagram. <laughs> I'm Jocelyn Podcast on Instagram. And as for me, you will find me there as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Um, we're going to plan some things for you, so don't go away too far. All right, folks? Thank you very much for watching today, for listening today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.